Well, my friends, we have hit the 10th episode, episode 10. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for everybody that has come along on the journey. And the journey is just beginning. And the journey will continue here. And thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically John, a show where I want to inspire you to be unapologetically unique, a version of yourself that has no shame, no blame, and will never be the same. So guys, it is an absolute pleasure to be with you today. And today I want to talk about how we got here. Um, I want to give you a quick background on kind of my journey, my quote unquote awakening, and just how we arrived at this point. So as I uh, do this episode right now, it is late March of 2023. I am 35 years old, the big three five. And I'll be honest, had I started this podcast years ago, or if I was looking back, what did I think I'd be at 35? Probably married with kids, you know, in a dream house, um, you know, somewhere in Winnipeg, um, just continuing to work as a real estate agent, you know, continuing to let my ego do the talking and the walking. And, you know, maybe that would have been an okay life, but it certainly is not where I am. And I'm certainly more okay now with that than I ever have been, allowing the universe to unfold as it may, the mysterious and uncertainty of it all to unveil itself um, like a play that I'm experiencing in real time. So I would say that my journey really started about four years ago. I vividly remember uh, sitting in my shower at my home in Sage Creek. I had bought this, what I deemed to be this beautiful house with all the perfect artwork and perfect furniture. And I had just felt so depressed. I felt so empty. Felt like something was missing in my life and I didn't know what it was. And of course, I had to figure it out, which I eventually realized would be a futile experiment because what is it that I was really trying to figure out? The mystery of life? Has anyone ever really figured that out? Is life not just here for us to experience or more so for life to experience itself through us? Now, without getting too philosophical, I remember putting on a Jim Rohn podcast that I found on YouTube. And the first words that Mr. Rohn said were that for things to change, you must change. And again, I'm going to repeat that for things to change, you must change. The idea that he needs to change or she needs to change or they need to apologize or that needs to happen, that is a construct for suffering because there's no control there. So as the seed was planted in my very early 30s, I went on this journey. I started uncovering more books and more mysteries and trying to work through myself going on and off different medications as I dealt with different symptoms of just being a human being, dealing with my issues, pushing people away, still being my same egoic self, but starting to slowly shed layers. And about three years ago, um, myself and my partner at the time had ventured off to Japan with my brother and sister. And the trip turned into a utter nightmare that ended with my brother and sister leaving, um, heading back to Winnipeg, and me subsequently coming back to Winnipeg, getting in a pretty brutal fight with my brother, and subsequently being fired and let go from my family business, Monopoly Realty. 
At the time, my ego was so high and strong that I knew I would figure it out. And I was a top producer. So, of course, real estate firms would want me and I'd prove to my quote unquote fucker of a father who I would label him as that I would figure it out. And so quickly I did. Royal LePage Prime wanted John Bloomberg and Tyler Ellis. And we had signed up there. We got the beautiful corner office, a beautiful opportunity and, you know, an amazing contract to come work there. And about eight, nine months later, vis-a-vis an incident outside of work, I was terminated while my business partner was in Australia. And this time around, it was a little bit different. As I scoured and searched for new real estate firms that would surely want to accept the great realtor that was John Bloomberg, many doors were shut. People didn't want to take the risk on the wild card that was me, the uncertainty and volatility of myself. And I was worried. I was scared. But of course, I had to continue to wear the mask of being okay and that I would figure it out. So it was during this time that I really reached into the fact that I I needed some help. And I had decided at this time to hire a life coach, someone that I could work with. And I told this life coach, look, here's the situation I'm in. I've been fired from my family business. My brother TKO'd me. Um, I'm looking for a new place to work and I just need some help. But I have a few, I have a few rules right off the bat. Number one, I'm never talking to my brother again and I'm never talking to my dad again. Now listen to this language, people, because the word never is always the voice of the ego because the ego loves to talk in definitiveness. Never, always, every time, no time. The soul in your real self can't talk that way because it truly doesn't know. Anyways, I continued to go down this rabbit hole. And as I was working with this life coach, we slowly started to sprinkle in and open the door of the possibility of reuniting relationships with my brother and my father. And what was so interesting was that what I needed or what my ego needed, because the ego is what needs. The soul needs nothing because the soul is already full and complete. Your highest self needs nothing outside of you because it already has everything it needs. I needed my brother to apologize and I needed my father to apologize. And I quickly realized that for me to take full control and onus of my life, it was 100% on me. For years, I'd been a bully to both my father and my brother. The The culmination of this ended up in my termination from Monopoly Realty and a fight with my brother. And it took a lot for me to put my ego to the side and to fully and truly ask them both for forgiveness. And slowly, they opened up the door and the opportunity to reunite and rebuild relationships And 18 months later, I'm happy to say that the strength of those relationships continues to solidify, but we continue to have to, I have to prove myself each and every day because of course there's reservations like, hey, is the old John going to stand up? Will the old, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? And the fact is, is that those versions of John Bloomberg have been integrated into the man that talks to you today. A lot of us think that we kill them off or that we ignore them or that we bury them deeply. No, those were real life events and real circumstances that happened. But what I realized along the way 
and the way of me being in front of you right now was a few things. So with that story, with that honesty, number one, a lot of the work that I did was somatic healing retreats. I went away to various retreats, a retreat called Hoffman's. I went to a 22-day meditation retreat. I sat with different plant medicines, and I really worked on the energies that were trapped in my body to continue to kill my ego. And the ego will always be there. But I needed to open up my heart enough to be able to ask my father, my brother, relationships in my life to actually forgive me and say, I'm so sorry. And I continue to be apologetic because I do. I really am. I'm sorry for the man that I was. And if I offended you, if an iteration of John Bloomberg has hurt you, know that the man that speaks into this microphone is so sorry and that I love you and that I ask you for your forgiveness. I truly do. And I strive to be better. And I strive to let you know that I'll continue to be a work in progress and do my best each day. Still far from perfect. Still may fuck up, still may mess up, but every day I try to choose to come from a place of love more so than I ever have. And I hope people around me recognize that. Number two is just self-love and compassion. You cannot give what you don't have. And if I've learned one thing on my journey, it's that when I was pointing the fingers at other people, three fingers were pointing back at me. All the things that I disliked in others were the things I couldn't stand about myself. And then I started to realize I did this beautiful exercise at this last retreat I was at. And this exercise, and I, it, it'll be difficult to do after I explain it to you, but the idea was is that you write a letter to somebody in your life that has just had a beautiful impact on your life. And you tell them all the things without putting their name in the letter that you just admire about them. And we wrote this letter and then at the end, the instructor said, I want you to address this letter to yourself. And now I want you to read it. And then we're going to mail it to yourself. And I kid you not, when I read this letter, everything that I pointed to and admired in someone else were things about myself that I admired. And what the teaching was, was that we are our biggest critics. And oftentimes, we're not loving ourselves. And because we cannot give what we don't have, if we fail to love ourselves, it's far more difficult for us to love other people to the full extent in which we're capable because we are capable of infinite, unconditional love. But if we do not have that for ourselves, how can we be expected to have that for others? It's like going to Baskin Robbins and asking them for the strawberry when they just have none in stock. They can't give what they don't have. So by cultivating a practice of self-love and self-acceptance, you'll be able to permeate that outwards into the world. And the third and final thing that I want to talk about that I've learned on this journey is that you have to feel to heal. So many books are being written now, so many podcasts, so many conversations, but so much of who we are is trapped energy in our subconscious body. Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body. Everything that we've experienced is stored as energies in our body and it gets caught in our body and it can't flow through our body. In yoga, there's this concept of the kundalini energy, a snake-like energy that starts at the perineum chakra, the base root chakra and flows all the way up to the crown chakra through the seven chakras. Now there's over a hundred chakras, but a lot of people have heard of the seven main chakras. 
We go from your root chakra to your genital region to your navel region, up to your heart, which is the fourth chakra, your throat being the fifth, third eye sixth, and crown seventh. And when we open up these chakras and we heal ourselves, we allow this energy to flow through us. And when it flows through us and it isn't trapped, it allows us to fully experience life. The way that we do this is we sit with the negative emotions and we allow them to flow through us. If we repress emotions, any emotion, positive or negative, it gets stuck and it blocks the flow of the Shakti energy, which is the life force energy. Some call it Chi energy, Shakti energy. It's just the life force energy. So I encourage you to be able to sit with any emotion that comes up. And it doesn't mean parking your metaphorical car on the side of the road and putting your four ways on and letting life pass you by. No, it means that even when you're angry or you're apathetic or you're in despair, you still continue to walk through the world. And sometimes you ask people for space or say that, hey, right now I have these boundaries or you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite angry. Like, how are you doing today? I'll be honest. I'm actually quite angry today, but I'm, I'm here right now and I'm going to give you everything that I've got as opposed to faking happiness. At least now you say, hey, I'm angry. I'm sitting with this anger. I'm not going to express this anger outwards, but right now I am angry. And that is perfectly fine. And there's ways that you can express that anger to release it. But the purpose is to recognize it and not label it and not judge it. The ego wants to label. The ego wants to judge. Your soul just wants to experience. Go to the seat of the soul, the multi-sensory version of yourself that just wants to experience it all. Experience the breath, experience the weather, experience the birds chirping, experience the anger, experience the conflict if that's what it is. But realize I am not it. I am simply the changeless witness that has the privilege of this experience. So there's a little insight into my journey. Obviously, there's more stuff in between. I've pushed a few too many buttons in my day, but from the purest part of me, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to improve. I want to improve in motion. And like Brene Brown says, I want to be a man in the arena. I don't want to sit on the sidelines until I am healed because, my friends, we will never truly heal We're not broken in the first place. We can always be healing. We can always be growing. We can always be improving in the midst of living our lives, in the midst of experiencing this life. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 10 and getting to know myself unapologetically, John, a bit better. And I look forward to continuing to be with you on this journey, sending you light, sending you love. Good night.